The tour content from now through Lagwa Omer has been generously sponsored by Malki M. Thank you, Malki. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shiurim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and gain access to additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishneweis.substack.com and signing up today. So this was not planned as a shear. This is a, it's kind of viewed as an extended q and I don't have source sheets because I knew that this would be evolving rapidly. So um, I was asked two questions in succession. The first one was by Yosef, who was asking about um, the first bracha in Marith. Okay, and I'll say the second question after we go over Yosef's question. So Yosef's question was um, the phrase in the first bracha in Marith before Kriya Shema. So you can see here, Art Scroll and Koran are very similar. Um, who by his word brings on evenings with wisdom of gates, with understanding all its periods, changes the seasons and orders the stars and their heavenly constellations as he wills. Okay. Um, and then um, the Koran translation says, and by his will orders the stars and their constellations in the sky. I translated it based on what I saw in the Mepharshan, um, uh, blah, 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 and arranges the stars in their watches, like um, Mishmaros are watches, like like in the night, like there's what, uh, was it three watches? I feel like there's three watches. Long, long, drawn out, a bit, three or four. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 that's right. I do remember that, yeah. Okay, um, and uh, and then arranges the stars in their watches in the firmament in accordance with his will. So that was I was kind of shocked that um, that neither our school nor Koran acknowledged Rakia. Like that was what was created on day two. Like it's a firmament, you know, um, uh, in accordance with his will. Okay, fine. So the question that Yosef asked was basically, we know that there are no such things as constellations. That was how he said it. Okay, and what he, I assumed he meant by that um, is constellations are they used to think that there was a firmament that was firm. Okay. And constellations were embedded in the firmament and they were objective existences that were like up there. Hey, it's Chaim Zifkin. <laughs> um, they were, they used to think that these constellations were uh, embedded in this firmament and they were as objective in their existence as the sun and the moon, you know, but now we know that, you know, there is, it's just a matter of our perception and these stars are, you know, millions of light years away and many of them, you know, actually, I don't know which ones we can see and which ones we can't see, but like many of them, you know, it's really their light that's weakening us. And like, if you were standing in a different position, then it would be different. So the way Yosef asked the question is, uh, why don't we change the bracha to make it more scientifically accurate? Okay. And I'm trying to preserve that way he asked the question because uh, I want to capture the thrust of the question. So, you know, where it's coming from and like, you can see where we're going. Okay. Uh, now, before I share Oren's question, um, I want to, uh, I, I think my immediate response, either I, this is all over text. So either I, I posted this to the group uh, or I said this, what's worse than this? What's worse than this is in the first bracha for Krishma and Shafris on Shabbos. Okay. Um, the God who opens daily the doors of the gateways of the East. Okay. This is our school's translation and splits the windows of the firmament. Okay. So 
we know that there's no firmament, certainly doesn't have windows, okay, who removes the sun from its place and the moon from the site of its dwelling. Well, we also now know that there's no such thing as sunset and sunrise, right? That the moon and the sun, well, the moon's moving, but the sun is not moving, uh, you know, to rise for us. It's really the earth that's, uh, that's moving, right? So the question is like, how can we say this? And why don't we update that, okay? Now, if I time this perfectly, then Oren will come in as soon as I ask this question. No. Okay. <laughs> that would have been cool. Um, so Oren's question uh, was piggybacking off of Yosef's, which was um, like, what exactly are we allowed to change and not change and why? Okay. Like in tefillah. And he gave some examples, like, for example, he said, for, could you add extra prokim to Pesuka de Zimra, you know, or like, uh, I don't know if this is one of the examples, but like, you know, Tachanun, you know, Tachanunim, or like, we know you can put Bakashos in tefillah, what else can you or can you do? And then the most extreme example he mentioned is like people who modify the tefillah to make it more relatable or more in line with their sensibilities. Like, you know, um, I don't know if he was referencing a specific sect of Judaism, but people who, let's say, like put the Imahos in the first bracha of Shimon Esrei, you know, like once you're saying that you can modify tefillah in any way, where do you draw the line? Okay, so... I want to focus on the first question, on Yosef's question, but I want to dip into Oren's question as much as needed in order to like um, uh, establish a framework for tefillah and then like uh, as much as it relates to Yosef's question. The, the full details of Oren's question would take a more in-depth um, uh, analysis, which I only started but didn't have time to finish. Okay. So what, what's first of all, just what's your, your gut instinct about um, like – why don't we change this to make it more accurate or like, why can't we change stuff in general? Yeah. Or what are the parameters? Like if this were a Q and a and you were asked this, what would you, uh, well, what direction would you go? In? I guess there's two directions, two questions. Yeah. Why don't we change this? Right. And what do you feel about changing things in general? Right. I don't really hear the question. Okay. This question. Cause I think Rukia, you could just interpret that as like, like from our perspective, yeah, it's definitely a Rukia, right? You know, we see the stars as this thing that covers the sky, right? It's not just because, you know, from a different perspective, it's like you know, the stars are out there, right? Right, like you know, um, so I don't really, I think, like, you know, like Hashem created the world with our world in mind, maybe, yeah, arguably, I guess, and so it doesn't sound weird to me to say that he placed stars in a way where now. They're going to be visible to us. Like yeah. Okay. So let me, let me, that, that actually prompts me to strengthen the question with uh, Gemaras, which I did not think of until just this, just now. Uh, well, actually one's a Gemara and one is a um, Rambam based on a Gemara, but I don't know the Gemara well enough. Um, so the Gemara, there's a famous Gemara when it says, Hakel and then it goes through the Nevi'im who like took out those phrases because they weren't true. Does this ring a bell? Like, uh, like one of them said, uh, let me see if I can find it really quickly here. Um, uh, I, oh, yeah, there's, uh, like a random, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if I can't find it immediately, then I'm not gonna, um, oh my, okay. I, I think that the phrase that is used is I, Gvurasaha. Uh, okay, I can't. Oh no, wait. Farshay Shas. No, I can't find it. The thrust of the Gemara was basically like, let's say, you know, one of them, and I forgot which of the terms was used, but let's say, like, one of them said, you know, the Gvura is in 
you know, Gvura in that bracha refers to like Kalei dominance. And like now we're in Gullus and we've been destroyed. So I can't say it until he took it out, you know. Um, and uh, and so the thrust of that Gemara was, you know, right? Shem is close to all who call him in truth. So if something is not true, then how can you say it? And you can say, well, I can reinterpret the phrase Gadol and Gibor and Nora in a different way, but like, you know, so that was one thing. And then there's a, 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 another halacha about, um, you know, uh, so I don't know the actual Gemara or the actual halacha in like the, um, in, in uh, the Sifre halacha, but about whether a ger is allowed to bring Bikurim and say the Vidui Bikurim of uh, Arami Ovid Avi Vier Mitzrayma, et cetera, because he's saying, you know, his history, but it's not his history. Right. If he's a gear, then this didn't happen to him. You know, so in Ovadia Hagir's letter to the Rambam, this is what I do know. Then he says, um, he asked the Rambam, can you say, can I as a gear say, you know, if, if, uh, if, you know, the Avos were not acting my Avos. So Rambam gives an interesting thing as he's uh, answer. He says, you could say, you could change them to say, Avos Yisrael. And in any bracha that references Yisrael, then you can modify it accordingly. Okay. But he says, in truth, if you said uh, Avosenu, then that would not be wrong because when we say that the Avos are our fathers, when we say Avram Avinu, we really mean like, you know, we follow after him in terms of his perfection and his ideas. And like, it's, uh, it's, it's as true about you as it is about anyone else, you know? So you see in his answer, like, if it's false, then you wouldn't be able to say it, you know? Um, so, uh, or let's say that's why, like, you know, I can't say as a gear the bracha of, um, Shilosani Goy, you know, because God did make me a Goy, you know? So like, there is this idea of like, if you, we, we, when we're only looking at Shem and Tefillah or when we're saying Brachos, you know, we can't say something that's not true, you know? Hey, I tried to time it so that like you would walk into this and ask a question, right? Yeah. 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 But, uh, it's okay. Um, yeah. So I have another, uh, like, oh. yeah, yeah. Go ahead tomorrow. Sorry. Yeah. Cause you were asking for like, um, possible answers. This isn't really like an yeah. answer answer, but sure. like, let's say you're going to change it right okay so like how right okay right who's going to do it is everyone right. going to change it is it just people who think about constellations are going to change it like right <laughs> yeah okay good so that that gets more to the heart of i think one of the approaches that we're going to take okay um and uh and i think the extreme way to give that answer or to yeah to give that answer is let's say i gave you a uh a hetero card Okay, like a get out of jail free card in Monopoly, uh, and say here you could change uh, whatever you want in tefillah. Right? Question is, would it be rational to do so? If even if halakhically you had carte blanche to do it, okay, uh, and that's a separate consideration. This is why the you know the, the not so much with Yosef's question, but with Oren's question, this does get into like there's gonna be an overlapping of considerations here of what halakhically are we allowed to do? Oh, it's like that line from Jurassic Park. Uh, your scientists were so busy wondering whether they could do it, but they didn't stop to ask whether they should do it, you know, like, you know, like, so, so even if you could do it, then how or will, or like, like who, you know, who's going to do it? How are you going to make that determination? Yeah. Just an initial thought on that. Sure. I have had times where like I'll go through a tifular or something and I just get blown away by how articulately it was written. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's like anybody could write anything remotely close yeah. to that. Yes. Right now, so that's a very healthy response. However, there are people who feel exactly the opposite, 
which is, this is so arcane. This is so like hard to read. I can't relate to it. And that's where the impetus comes from, you know, um, like, uh, what do you call it? Like, uh, modifying stuff. And by the way, just to, you know, uh, someone who saw Oren's question was bothered by the example of the people adding email hosts, you know, well, guess what? Like, yeah, that might not be an orthodox thing to do, but guess what? You know, <laughs> that Shabbos tefillah I quoted from, this thing here, this was added in by Baitanin. This is not from the Anjanikanes Agadola, you know? And, you know, Kel Adon Kolomasim, that's added in by Paitanin. Like, and Ramam was against that, you know? So the question is like, like, um, you know, if you object to like modern changes to tefillah, why aren't you up in arms about like all the other changes that were introduced, you know, by uh, Paitanin or by Kabbalists, you know? Uh, like, you know, so, so, you know, was that? Yeah, right. That's that's one way to go. Yeah, but but so and I'll, I'll get back to you in just a second. But then there's the question like this, which is okay. Let's say we take this hardcore, you know, zealot stance of um of like uh, we don't make innovations in tefillah. Okay, well there remains. We'll get into this a little bit in the next part. There remains the big problem, which is the Anche Knesagdola. You know, uh, um, innovated the, the you know. Well, we'll see that in a second. They they made the tefillah, the text of the tefillah in like the 500s, right? BCE, okay? Tefillah was not written down until at least Rav Amram Gaon, okay? Or in fragments from other Gaonim uh, until like the 900s. So you got a good 1400 year window where this was not written down. And by that time, there were already tons of variants. You know, so the question is, what do you, you know, if we had the uh, authentic tefillah that we go back to, then then, uh, you know, uh, we would do it. But now the question is, so what are you going to do? Are you going to do detective work to try to figure out what's the most authentic, uh, authentic Nusach? You know, and uh, and that's not like me and Rama Bakus here opening up my Freeburg Manuscript Society and like being able to look at all the manuscripts because we don't have manuscripts from the Anshu Knesset HaGadola. It was Torval Pet. Oh, so what are you going to do? You're going to make decisions based on your own mind about which which version of the Tefillah sounds better? You know, like it's like it's like the people who are, you know, who who uh, think that they can be mocked on pronunciations, you know, of, uh, of of Hebrew. Yeah, right. Like like we don't have the pronunciations anymore, and that's why halakhically, you know, and there are post tefillah who do this also. Like like you know, there is a big halakhic reason and rational reason to say you go with the minagamakom, you know, because your own personal innovations are likely to be less reliable than whatever naturally trickled down, you know, for both, you know, for, for, for these types of things in general, for Minhagim in general, for Nusach, for pronunciation, you know, for vocalization. So like, you know, in other words, like uh, the point I'm trying to make is like, there is this feeling of like, let's just be the zealot and go back to the, the authoritative uh, things. But then like, are you being more radical by saying, I'm going to rely on my own, you know, my own take on this thing, you know, like it's a, it, 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 it's a double-edged sword. Yes. Or well, a question I just thought of yeah. that is that if you know that what you're saying isn't the original, right, or if you're pretty confident right. that what you're saying isn't the original, then why should it be any different to you either take away words? Right. So that's the other that's the other question, right? Is like let's say let's say we concede that you can't actually find the original, but we know that something was innovated. Let's say like we know when it was innovated, and we know that like like the pre-innovation version is more likely to be accurate than the innovated one because we know it sprung up. So like, you know. Why would we just uh, go? That's from up because we're like, so you know, the P invade version of the like, like, there are levels of like a hundred thousand dollars, which, which pre innovation, us as in us today, is impossible to do with how old people pronounce today. 
Yes and no, right? That's another, that's yet another Malkogos, but maybe we'll save pronunciation for, uh, for another time, right? Can Ashkenazim learn an ayin? That's a question. I've heard people say no, and, and then I'm like, but they can learn Arabic, and Arabic has an ayin. So, like, you can't just decree because there's a cause of Ashkenazim can't pronounce an ayin. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How Ashkenazim do the dollar is not right. Yeah. Like, Ibn says it's supposed to sound like a swarm of bees. Right. Yeah. Uh, just another, um, I guess, comment really on on the subject of oh, about like whether or not we should change the yeah. or the words of tefillah is that there is kind of a, this this idea floating around whether it's good or not. I don't know, but there is a, like notion floating around that um, it's better to, or at least that a lot of people believe that it's better to say what I actually believe, right, than to say something which was given to me but that I don't feel. Exactly right. Yeah. So that and well, and true. yeah and and I'll, I'm going to actually give precedent for that. In so I, actually, I want to start answering the question, which is going to strengthen the question and make it even more understandable, especially in light of what you just said. Okay. So uh, if you already know what I'm about to say, so this will be review. But it's good to review every once in a while. And I am consistently shocked by how many people don't know this halakhically or historically. Okay. And I'm obviously not a historian. I'm relying on the Rambam here. Okay. But I'm saying like, even within our sources. So the Rambam opens Hilkos Tefillah with the presentation of what the mitzvah is and how our tefillah came to be. Okay. Mitzvah to say, it is a positive mitzvah to Lihis Palel. We will just translate it as to Davin, but literally means to judge oneself. Okay. Uh, that's my whole rant on how prayer is a bad translation, right? Uh, every day. Shnemar, as it says, you shall serve Hashem your God. All right, now, again, just be aware, this is a Machlokas Rishonim, about whether tefillah is Doraisa or not. Ramam holds it is. Ramban holds it's only Doraisa in an ace tara at a time of uh, catastrophe, but uh, he holds that the tefillah we do is Dirabanan. Okay, Mipiesh Mu'alamdu, from the Torah Shabbat we learn, Avoda Zo Hitfila, that this Avoda uh, in the Pasuk and in other Pasukim about Avoda is tefillah. And it says, You shall serve him with all your heart. Um, oh, so just background. Uh, when you say avoda in general, okay, without heart, what would you think avoda refers to? Korbanos, right? Or serve God. If someone just says serve God. Or all mitzvahs, right? Yeah. So, so now you have, so that's how you would interpret it. But now you have serve God with your heart. So that's why the Chachamim come in. Amr Chachamim, Ezohi Avodah believe What is service of the heart or the mind? You know, remember, Lev means heart or mind. Zot that's tefillah. Okay. Uh, and then the Raman in the Sefer Mitzvah says that's also Talmud Torah. Okay. Uh, but primary one is tefillah. Okay. But now it gets to the history. The in minyan ha-tefillos min Torah, the number of tefillos is not from the Torah, meaning how many times a day we daven. The in mishneh ha-tefillah ha-zos min Torah, the mishneh, which is strange, he uses the word mishneh, uh, he means text. Okay, the text of the tefillah is not from the Torah. I don't know why he calls it Mishneh. Um, I also didn't think it was Mishneh, which means like repetition. I thought it was Mishnah, teaching. Teaching would make more sense for the Lashon of tefillah, but whatever. And there's no set time uh, for tefillah from the Torah. And therefore, servants and women who are generally, oh, sorry, um, uh, who are generally exempt from time-bound positive mitzvos are obligated because it is not a time-bound positive mitzvah. Yeah. So why, why does he feel the need to um, say these things? There's not. It's not yes. The exactly. So the, is there, is there about like 
Right. It's bothered me for a long time why the Ram does this because usually you don't start off the mitzvah by defining what it's not, you know, and he does immediately then go and define what it is. Um, so I don't know if he's, it's just in reference to the fact that we have, they speaking to his audience who is familiar with tefillah being like a completely different thing than what it was. Uh, I don't know. Unfortunately, there aren't enough cases of, I know no, of no other mitzvah de Orisa that has evolved this much or like changed this much in form other than, than tefillah. Okay. You'll see in a second. So in other words, it might, there's no other precedent to compare this to for like looking at how this, uh, Changed, you know? Okay, so now what is this mitzvah? Okay, and this is the part that's going to strengthen the question. This is what the, the biblical mitzvah is. That a person should daven, judge himself, and supplicate every day. Okay, tachanunim means asking uh, for things you don't deserve. Okay, so that's the overarching thing. And now what does that mean in specific? You declare the praises of God, of the Holy One, blessed is he. Uh, then he asks for his needs, which he needs, with requesting and supplication. Okay, and I always take that to mean you ask for your actual needs, not just your wants. Okay, that that's the mitzvah. You can ask for your wants, but the mitzvah is to ask for your needs. And then he gives afterwards. He gives praise and thanksgiving to the one. Uh, to Hashem, who uh, uh, over the good that He has bestowed Him, each and every one according to His capacity. Okay, so bare minimum requirements once a day, and you say shavak bakasha and hoda, praise, request, thanksgiving. Now He gives um, He gives a, a depiction of what would this look like in practice. Imhaya ragiel, if a person were in the in the in the custom of doing so, marbe betchino bakasha, He would be um, uh, there's a fancy word for this prolix. Like elaborate and 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 saying a lot of stuff in uh, in Trina because I think I saw that the first time I read this in English, prolix in the or maybe the yeah in the, in the Friedlander and the Mordevukim, the Imhaya Arosufsaim if he was of circumcised lips, meaning that he had a hard time formulating his thoughts, okay, or he had a literal speech impediment, medaber kafiyachlo uvchol eshirte he would speak, uh, meaning he would formulate his tefillah according to his ability at any time he wanted. Same thing with the number of tefillahs. Each one according to his ability. Some would daven once a day. Some would daven many times a day. Everyone would daven facing the base of Mikdash, wherever he was. And that's how things work from Moshe to Ezra, which again is from 1312 BCE until uh, five. 12 BC or when I don't know the exact year. Okay. But like a good, uh, 800 years. Okay. So you see from here in terms of the thing you were saying, the original Del Risa is as long as you're doing it once a day and, and praising God, request, uh, requesting from God and thanking God, you say it in your own formulation, however you want, you know? So whatever answer we say restricts that, like a person could say, well, I'm going back to the original Del Risa, you know, like, you know, like, 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 why should I limit myself to like what's in the sitter? You know, um, I, I should say the way that I feel. Yeah. There's also assuming that then in that mix are going to be people that are not that particular. Right. That person going to have like. Right. So the, the interesting thing is, on the one hand, that's true that that person's not going to have a good feeling. On the other hand, the Torah still entrusts them with it. Yes. Right. Which is interesting that, like, you know, and, and we're going to see that the Torah does not 
once we make this change, does not trust anybody with it. Okay. Okay. It also, well, yeah. it also says each person according to their ability. Right? Yeah, right. So that kind of goes against it. Oh, so right, right, right. Even if, even if somebody That's a good point. won't be able to do it, it doesn't matter. Right. According to their ability. Right. Meaning, meaning that it's not just that they're allowed to do it according to their ability. The Raman implies that that is the design of the mitzvah. You know, like as an example of this, there's only one other mitzvah I can think of where you're supposed to do it according to your own ability and formulation, Deraisa. That that is um, true, but that's not. There's no idea of articulating something, right? <laughs> I'll give you a hint that that you would know. I th- oh yeah, tomorrow. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was tzedakah like that? Uh, oh, so so tzedakah is also, you're right, that's not defined according to Torah. I'm saying according to a formulation of verbalization. Okay, I'll give you a hint. I just heard a rumor about this from your household. I heard. Yeah. Was that? <laughs> I don't know. Sipur Mitz Ryan. I heard your dad put on a puppet show. Oh yeah. That's- oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So, see for Yitzis, Miss Ryan. The Rambam uses the same phrase: "Is kvi koch kvi tzakos lashon hamasapir." That you're supposed to say it according to your own formulation, based on your own son. You know, um, and and then the Haggadah only came in later, basically as like a backup plan for people who don't know how to do it on their own. You know. Yeah. Now there might be more mitzvahs than that, but those are the ones that I know of. Yeah, it's all those years. Yeah, well, sounds actually also very similar though. It's part of its formulation of there was yeah. like an original. Yes. Yeah. That's also true. You're right. When I said that there's no other mitzvah that has gone through so much change, um, I guess the close second is uh, is the Sibri Tzitz Mitzrayim. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then it also has now come to being like a set higher Right, that's also true. Right. Okay, so now let's talk about the change. Okay, Kevin Shigalu Yisrael be made Nebuchadnezzar Harasha once. Israel became exiled in the days of Nebuchadnezzar HaRasha. Nisarvu Befaras Vyavan Ushar Umos. Then uh, they became assimilated. The Jews became assimilated. There's no way. Why did I think this year was going to be 45 minutes? <laughs> okay. They became, that's, that's fine. That's fine. They became assimilated into Persia and Greece and other nations. Okay. Vinoldu Lahem Banim Ba'artos Agoim. And they gave, uh, they had offspring in those lands of the, of the, of the, of the nations. The Osan Abanim and those children their their language became mixed up. Okay, a little Migdal Bavel reference there. And the language of each and every one of them became mixed in with many other languages. The Kevin and when one of them would speak, he wouldn't be able to speak uh, all of his needs, to articulate all of his needs in one language. Rather, it was all in, in a, a, a mixture, a confusion. Shnemarazi says, mm-hmm. says in Nehemiah that their children half spoke Ashdodis, which is some language, and they didn't know how to speak Jewish. Okay, I guess they call, started calling Yehudis because that's was when Shevet Yehuda was uh, uh, already a distinct thing. That's when we started being called yeah, Jews. It's, all, it's also called that, like a certain walk of work where we have to get Calling to the Ethiopian, we understand you're big. You don't need to speak a Oh, okay, I know that. And same thing with every nation. Do you have a question, Isaiah? No. Okay. All right. Yeah, we're fine. All right. Um, so, uh, so that's the problem. Okay. The problem is that uh, that they became assimilated and their language got mixed up. And then he says, and because of that, when one of them would would daven, 
Tiksar Lashono, Lish Olchapatsav, Olahagit Shavakarish Barahu, Balashon Hakodesh. His language would be, would be too deficient to ask for his 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 uh, needs, his desires, or to say the praises of God in, in Lashon Hakodesh, Achi Arav Ima Lashon without there being mixed in other languages. Okay, that was the problem. The Cayman Shira Ezra Obeistino Kach, and once Ezra and his Beistin saw that this was such, Amdu Vitiknulahem Shimona Ezra Brachos Al Seder. They arose and they made 18 brachos in order. Yeah. Why wouldn't they have just done some very simple, like each person, since it said, we know the direct message to them to do it according to their ability? Yeah. So they should just do in Lashon Hakodesh according to their ability, if it was a small ability. Ah, so that's a good question. Right. 18 correct so so the, the, the one question which is a factual historical question i don't know the answer to how bad was their language you know when we say that they 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 had a mix of language like i know many people who like you know can if you ask them say all the hebrew words you know okay they'll say a bunch of hebrew words okay Actually, no, we didn't have to get that that far. There are a lot of there are a lot of like let's say like Bali Chuva, right? Who were not raised with uh, with halacha or with davening, and like they just couldn't even string together a basic thing, you know? Right. Like so, it might be that dire back then. I, I just don't know that they w- weren't wouldn't be even be able to like like and, and enough people were like that that they couldn't even do the basic mitzvah Raisa. That could be now. Well, yeah. Why does that even matter? Okay, good. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Be, well, okay. You just pray in any language. Ah, okay, good. I was, uh, okay, I was I was hoping someone would ask that. Okay. Later source, but like Morris says, you can say so you can pray in any language. It's not talking about which language you can pray. In. All right, right. I don't think any of the sides say it's only Hebrew. Okay, so let yeah. Why didn't I need to get also? Uh, so, so that question we can answer, which is that apparently formulation right like and and if you think about what the act of tefillah is you know uh, if you've heard my sermon on tefillah where i talk about like what tefillah is you know it is a very personal introspection where you are like reflecting on your relationship with god and what your needs are and like it would really like i mean it is a huge disadvantage to block the flow of your own personal expression like you know and, and you look at like the way that um you know the the, the terms we use for for tefillah, sicha, right, which is conversation or like pouring out your heart, you know, um, like it, it really is like a very personal, like like a subjective, changing by the day thing. Yeah, David. Yeah, you my oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Meaning, uh, meaning, like yeah. Yeah, right. Taking away, and so you, one might also even wonder how can you be Yosef the Derisa with this? Okay, but yeah, no, but the Derisa is still you still are yote because this is according to your ability and like you you still are saying shavu percussion hoda yeah is it possible that like seems like what you're saying is changing day by day people would people who know good about they would want to express like certain like maybe complex ideas about their shout out to a show yeah and then if those people like even someone didn't have much hebrew you know it kind of makes sense that at that point you would need to institute something for but, people like that right yeah uh, I guess just one thing also to keep in mind is that it seems like they were treating this as a national problem that needed a uniform solution. Right. Uh, and that, that has to be kept in mind also. Yeah. Well, why? I mean, why wouldn't, right. they, why wouldn't this be like a like, every kind of thing? Or, right. Like, like, if you can't speak Hebrew. Right. And, that's, and that is what we do with the Haggadah. Now, the Haggadah developed 
um, after uh, the Sanhedrin, after the Sanhedrin was able. So like you could argue that with the Haggadah, they couldn't make a universal decree that would be binding on everyone. Uh, but that is what they did, is the, the, at least according to the Ritva. Um, excuse me. Then he says, basically, like, if you can say the Sibir Mitzrayim on your own, do it. And if not, like, use the Haggadah, you know. But let me just ask your prior question from the Ramam himself. Okay, look at the Ramam's Psaq in Hilchos uh, Brachos Perak Aleph Halacha Hey. The Nusach Kula Brachos, so the text of all the Brachos, Ezra Obeistin. Oh, sorry, sorry. That's jumping the gun. This is what I want to say. I know we're going out of order. Kola Brachos Kula Nemar and Bechol All the Brachos can be said in any language. That's as long as you say it according to the content that was dictated by the Chachamim. Okay. Of Imshina but if you change the the formula, then as long as you mentioned God's name, his kingship, and the subject of the Bracha, even in a secular language, Yata, then you're Yote. So the classic example in the Gemara is if instead of saying, you said, Bari Prahmana, Malka, Da Alma, Mara, Dahai Pita. Okay, if you say, Blessed is the master of the world, or sorry, is the um, is the merciful one, master of the world, um, uh, and of this bread, or something like that, right? I forgot the exact last one, you know. So then you, you, you still are Yotze, even though you're not allowed to do it. But the reason I'm bringing this in is even according to the Rama, davening in other languages is totally fine. Okay, and, and it's not just brachos; it's also tefillah itself. I mean, then it sounds like the problem wasn't the language. Good. Then it sounds like it was the content. Uh, okay, good, good, good. If that's the case, then why would that pasuk from the family be the spur from it? Okay, because that pasuk talks about their language, not yeah. about their ability to formulate ideas. Okay, good. Their ability to speak. Good. Speak. All right, good. You're, you're anticipating the next steps. You have a question? I still, um, I guess, would like to eat the the uh, thing you just said about the bread. Yeah, it's a little bit dangerous. Like a person might. Think they know the ending of the Rafa that Hazal mm, intended, yeah, but they they might not like, like right, you know. Okay, good, good, good. So yeah. we'll definitely get back to that also. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely part of the problem. So let me just answer the question uh, now before we go on, uh, and it's going to be in line with what uh, Oren said, which is that the problem is not the language. Okay, so this is my own understanding, and like uh, I haven't seen this um, uh, expressed uh, anywhere but I'm convinced that this is true. So if you have valid uh, uh, disproofs, then please show them to me because I've been under this assumption for a long time. So languages are a reflection of the ideas and values of the culture that produced and uses the language. Okay. So like the, uh, the probably now regarded as racist, uh, uh, um, you know, idiom is uh, Eskimos have 50 words for snow, right? If you want to make it not racist, you could say skiers have 50 words for snow, which is also true, right? Um, or uh, or if you want a not controversial thing, not even insulting skier, that wasn't an insult, but like um, uh, if you know anyone who is a painter or maybe I guess in, in clothing, uh, they know all the precise names for all the different colors, right? Whereas for me, like if you ask what's the difference between that blue and this blue, and that blue, I'd be like lighter, darker, you know? Um, and uh, so why is that? Because in a world of snow, in a world of ice, <laughs> then then there becomes a need to distinguish between different types of snow, different types of ice, you know? And so the, the vocabulary uh, arises from that, you know? Um, or in, uh, you know, in France, apparently, like where there's a strong, long culinary culture of like refined chefs, they have a lot of different words for for culinary things, you know. So, 
Hebrew is called Lashon Kodesh, right? So it has different features. So one feature is it's the language of Chachma. You know, another feature is it's the language of Kedusha, right? The language of Kodesh. And uh, anyone know Ramam's explanation of why it's Lashon Kodesh? Just to give an example of this. See the one that says it doesn't have any words for sexual. Yeah. So it has zero words for anything sexual or bodily functions. Okay, Ramban disagrees and says, no, there are words in Hebrew that have that, you know, and he says it's a different thing. But he's, but in other words, all the Hebrew words for those things are euphemisms. Okay, why? Not because it, there's a taboo, but because these should not be subjects of conversation. They should only be referred to for practical needs or halakhic needs or whatever. So we only use euphemisms for sexual um, functions, anatomy, you know, bodily, you know, uh, uh, you know, bodily waste, uh, excretory stuff, you know. Um, so, so that's in the Jewish culture. In English, there's lots of words for those things because people have like a well, especially in modern English, is the 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 the, the society is permeated with romantic sexual you know values and ideas, and and there's no philosophy against that. So my contention is like this: is is yeah, there there might be a problem. I mean, there, there's a pro- you could argue that there's a problem with the fact that they like we're losing Lashon Kodesh, you know, but the problem with the davening is not the other language. It's that foreign ideas and values were creeping in to their tefillos, okay? Both in regards to their needs and in regards to God. And I'll give you a couple examples. And these are my own examples that you can argue with the examples, you know, but I'm just gonna uh, uh, say them because I think they're, they're good. So let's say, for example, um, uh, if you in English ask for wealth. So in, in Western American society, what are you asking for? to get rich lots of money right but if you in hebrew in the in the culture of chazal ask to be for ask for osher or to be an ashir what is judaism's take on wealth it's like what you need and to learn right yeah right i mean you're you're right also right but is you ashir so think about this okay think about a guy who is in Babylonian society, okay, and I don't know what their concept of wealth was, but says, like, make me wealthy, right? And he's using the word wealth in in uh, Aramaic, tainted by the values of, of Bavel, you know? So he's actually, not only is he asking for a different thing, he's conceiving of it in a different way that is not connected to the Jewish values of Asher being Samechelko, you know? Or if you talk about God, you know, like... Um, uh, let's say for example, um, okay, this is not, I think I had examples about God. Okay. I'll I'll give a bad example. Okay. I'll give a bad example. We refer to God as Melech. Okay. Melech Olam. Now in most places in society throughout history, they had, they were familiar with Kings. Okay. We in America don't have a King. You know, so the closest thing that we can like associate God to is either some fantasy based notion of a king that we get from fiction, you know, and imagination or the president. Neither of those is adequate, you know. So like our concept of king is is tainted by like our society, you know, and in, in other cases, like it is a uh, like sometimes it ends up being like the opposite of of what uh, the actual meaning is. You know, now this is not a word from tefillah, but like, let's say, for example, like an example I like to give is um, just because it's from the Rambam is like emuna, right? So you ask the average uh, English speaker, 
how to translate emuna and what's the most common translation that they say faith right so faith if you understand it again in like the you know christian sense that most people are exposed to it means belief without sufficient evidence or reason you know now the ramam's definition of emuna in the morning 150 arabic word itikad is conviction in something on the basis of reason and evidence so emuna is opposite if you translate it as faith from what it actually is going to the Ramam, you know? So like it, it, the problem is that these ideas become tainted by the culture that you're in. And then, and then that, that bleeds into the words. Okay. So what did they do is they, they made, so he says they made, um, well, this is the last paragraph here. So they made the 13 brachas al Seder. Now the Ramam elsewhere, you know, well, we just, uh, elsewhere says that they made all the brachos. Okay. Not just the Shona Esrei. And if you look in the Rav Makbili edition, he says it's not really all the brachos because certain brachos were made after Ezra, but the majority of brachos they made. Okay, but uh, certainly they made a Shimon Esrei. So let's look at this last paragraph here. Wait, yeah? Question like you said, but then why does the Rambam say that you can say anything? Oh, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. Or, or after today. <laughs> let's see how much time we get. Shalosh um, Rishonos, the first three brachos, Shevach Lashem, are praise to God. Shalosh Achronos, Hodaya. The last three are thanks. Also not quite true, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, were we talking about this recently? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Emsayos and the middle brachos, the middle brachos ha- contain the uh, requests for things which are like the general, the primary categories of the desires in each and every person and the needs of the community as a whole, right? So in the middle 13 brachos, the first like what, seven are or six are for like individual personal needs. And then the other ones are for communal needs. Okay, why? So what's the purpose? Is Kadeshi Yihu Aruchos Kol, so that they should be arranged in the mouths of everyone. Vilmadu Osan Bimahira, and they can learn them quickly. The Tihe Tfilas Elu Ha'ilgim, Tfila Shlema Katfilas Balalashan Hatsaha. That's like what you were saying, is that the tefila of these stammerers, meaning people who are inarticulate, can be a perfect tefila like the most eloquent davener. Okay, or like the most eloquent speaker. Uh, and because of this, they establish all of the tefillos and brachos that are arranged in the mouths of all of Israel. So that the subject or the content of each bracha would be arranged in the mouth of the, the uh, stammerer. Okay. So they made all the, all the brachos. And then he then goes on to explain what else they did. They set up three tefillos a day on weekdays and an extra one on Shab- uh, on days with the Musaf and then an extra one on the Ila. They made you know, all the halachos of tefillah of like all of the bowings. And they, so, you know, it's always a fun thought experiment to imagine like tefillah's mesim happens. Okay. Um, and, uh, and like, you know, Moshe being around outside and like some guy pulls him in for a minion and he's like, Oh, what? <laughs> you know, and, and they, they hand him a sitter and he looks like he goes, Oh, what? And then they daven and they're all saying stuff. Moshe Rabbeinu would be more lost than the average irreligious Jew, because at least the irreligious Jew nowadays knows what Kaddish is, you know, but like most of doesn't even know the concept of like minion and like brachos, you know, and, and so like, it's just such a radical departure from the original model, you know. Um, now, I realize that there are a bunch of problems that we didn't answer and that are remaining, but, but just to point out, I forgot what I'm answering. I feel like I'm answering little bits of everything here. There is an idea here that he's saying that there was a, uh, not a democratization, a, a uniformization. There's probably a better word than that. A making uniform of tefillah where they didn't just say, you can use this as a crutch. They made it that 
even the most eloquent uh, people who daven no longer have the right to make up their own philos. You know, they made it, everyone has to say these two, the standardization, that was the word I was looking for, right? They standardized philo. Uh, well, first of all, that's what they did. Uh, but he does say, from what we've read, did, did they make it? Like, no, that's this last halacha. This is the last halacha we'll read tonight. Venosaf oh. uh, the formulation of all the brachos means the text. Ezra based in Tiknum, Ezra is based in established. The Ain Roy Lashanosan, it is not proper to change it. Velo lahosif al achas mehen, and not to add on to it. Velo ligrami and not to detract from it. V'cho hamishane miyatbeish etavu chachamim bebrachos eno ela toe, and anyone who changes from the literally matbe means coin, but it means like the set text of tefillah that the chachamim made is only making a mistake. Okay, um, and he says v'cho brachos ein bahas karas shemu mahus. Uh, uh, any bracha that doesn't have God's name and kingship is not a bracha. Now, I want to point out, just as setting up for next time, he says, you're not allowed to change it or to add or subtract. And then he says, and anyone who does change it is only making a mistake. Right. So I want to say from that, that there, that's acknowledging the two layers here, that there's a halachic isra to change it. And then if you do change it, not only are you violating halacha, you're also making an actual mistake. You know, Ram does not say that for other mitzvahs. He doesn't say like, let's say he's going through the Holocaust of Korbanos. Here's how you do the Korban and anyone who changes it is making a mistake. You know, here's how you pick up Lulav and anyone who changes it is making a mistake. You know, mistake means that there's an actual error in the way you're relating to tefillah or in what you're doing, you know? So, um, bleed netter. Next time what I'd like to do is, so this is set up the framework now, okay? Next time, which would probably be Thursday, gives me more time to work on the next record of the hill because God knows I need it. Um, uh, then uh, we will uh, try to answer the questions uh, about um, of Yosef and Oren, and then like also try to explain like what were the Chachamim doing when they did this and like what is the difference between tefillah then and now in terms of perfection, like how, how like we relate to it. And, uh, and maybe by that time I, I started compiling a bunch of stuff from um, okay. From Emerson, but also from the, uh, uh, Ramam Shalas and Chuvas about there's three Chuvas where he talks about what you can and can't change Lachatchil and Vidyavid, and I think that'll also be good to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's stop here for tonight. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying. And if there are more uh, questions on this topic, send them to me, preferably before Thursday night, <laughs> so I can like prepare this. Uh, and uh, and obviously this is a big topic, and and uh, it'll be interesting to go through it, and uh, you know, and just see where it takes us. Okay. Have a good night. Oh, and speaking of this, fine. When, when, when Yosef asked the question, he said, uh, uh, constellations aren't real. I said, neither is night. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no such thing as night in, uh, from an astronomical perspective. It's only we, it's as real as constellations. From our perspective, there's day and night, but there's, there's no day and night in reality. You know? Yeah. So, haha. All right. <laughs> okay. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewos at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.